You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Aku Smith, here in the bubble. Playoffs in the bubble, bubble basketball, nonstop. You can see it on your TV, on TNT, ESPN. It's a basketball lover's paradise, and and we got one of the main conductors of that parade going through paradise, Kevin Harlan of TNT, joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. You must feel like a piece of history doing this unprecedented playoff run, Kevin. I, I can't imagine what this has been like for somebody who's announced all the different things you have to be here doing these games at this time? Well, it's been different. Thank you. Great to be on with you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it and wonderful to, to visit with you. And it has been different. Uh, great. You know, the biggest surprise, to be quite honest, has been the quality of the games. I mean, like they've been exciting, thrilling, high-focused, high-intensity, tons of emotion, a bunch of passion-filled games. It's crazy to think that you're in this campus setting and very limited movement and just away from loved ones and all that yet boy man when it, when that ball's thrown up these guys are kicking it they have been just terrific so i've i have loved the basketball like i always enjoy playoff basketball but i don't know that i've really enjoyed it as much as this now, i don't know if it's because you know uh we all are so kind of in this funnel mm-hmm. but I mean, it's been a blast. It has really been fun. I tell you, the the other thing that's been so unique about it is when you're watching it from afar, you tune into the broadcast and it doesn't feel different. I mean, the energy from from you and 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 your partner, whoever that is, and and then the the atmosphere of the game on TV didn't seem different to me. Even without a crowd, it had the same kind of playoff feel. It, it looked different. You look at the court and you recognize that it's not the same playoff atmosphere, but the feel of it was the same, which was really unique. I, I thought that was stunning how how much it felt like regular playoff basketball from a, a viewer standpoint. Stunning is a great word to use. I mean, it's like a big TV studio and it's different, sounds different, feels different from the first games we had back on July 30th or 31st. My dad, I was talking to my dad yesterday and and he was, uh, you know, he's been in sports his whole life, and he's a big NBA fan. But he said, he goes, you really cannot tell that much. And we're all now yeah. kind of used to watching it. It feels different when you're in inside the building. I mean, there's no doubt, Seiku, about that, as you know. But we're doing it for the fans, for the millions of people that are watching on TNT and NBA TV. And, and um, it's amazing. I mean, it's shocking what they've done. They've added, in the first handful of weeks, they were adding – and taking back and pushing the volume and bringing it back. And they're just mm. like, they're toying with it, but now they've got it down. And you're right. Aside from, 
you know, seeing courts that we, you know, know look like, you know, Staples Center or look like the garden in Boston or look like whatever. Um, aside from that aesthetic, it feels the same. I applaud the NBA. It's been miraculous what they've been pulling off every day, every night, each game, and made it feel so regular, which has been so welcome for the fans. What's been your biggest change in preparation, Kevin? Like, what is what has had to change for you in terms of how you would normally attack, you know, doing the playoffs? Seeker, not much. I would say that the crowd always plays that that nice background music, and then the symphony kind of comes together at the end of the play, and you can call, here comes LeBron James down the wind. <laughs> and then the crowd kind of, you know, backfills the call and just kind of gives it a, a complete frame uh, for the call. And obviously we don't have that, but what they've put in artificially has been good enough. And, and here's the, the weird thing, like in a regular game, in a big building with a lot of fans, uh, when you're doing the game, you're so focused in that you really kind of close off all the artificial music they play, noise, chants, all that nonsense. You really, you don't even notice it. You're so mm. focused on the game. When I go back and watch a couple of days later, I go, oh my God, just stop <laughs> the drum or just cool it. You know, like, when you don't need the music, this is the freaking NBA here, man. You, you got the best guys in the world out there performing. You don't need all that stuff, but they're trying to make, and I get it. These teams are trying to make the complete experience for the fans and they want to hit every sensory uh, button yeah. they can music and lights and noise. And, you know, like there's something always like a circus. It's like everything going on, but for us, it's just the game. So even though we're in a plexiglass booth mm -hmm. and we're off the floor, 40 yards or whatever we are up off the floors, as opposed to being courtside, it feels pretty much the same. You mentioned the the quality of basketball, which I agree um, has been remarkable. It's far exceeded what I thought we'd see as quickly as we did. Me too. What team have you noticed in this environment where everything is kind of concentrated and there's no outside noise, there's no travel back and forth? You look at a team and go, wow, this team is different than what I thought they were you know, in March before the season shut down. Or this group of guys is maybe different than what you thought, seeing them in a random fashion when you're going throughout the season and, you know, popping from place to place, just down here in this concentrated, boiled down environment. It's like a laboratory, isn't it? Where everything's yeah. the same, same temperatures, same this, same that. So it's a very level playing surface, certainly. And, and that gives credence to, I think, that the best team will win. It comes down to not travel, not a weird hotel room, not a weird schedule. Everyone's got the same everything. So that makes it like the perfect condition to get to our perfect champion, our, our true champion. If I narrow that a little bit and funnel it into who has surprised me and who hasn't, I guess I've been surprised how good a team top to bottom and complimentary Miami has been. And I guess I have seen the biggest move from team that looked like, oh my gosh, where they leave their regular season game to a team that has gotten back to where they were in Boston. When Boston first began down here in those reseeding games or whatever, those seeding games, the restart, they looked out of sorts. And I know they were missing Kemba and everybody was kind of load management and getting just back in shape. And I, I get all that. How a team has taken those four months and kind of change the way they do business. Like Houston, 
and their defense. Like yeah. I'm shocked at what, you know, they've kind of put together here during this hiatus and come out saying, yeah, we got our guys and we can, we can run with the best of them, but now we're going to add this other element like that, that hardened block the other night. Yeah. The fourth, his fourth quarter defense statistically analytically is, is, has been always pretty good all season to, to really good. But now the team is kind of bought in and they've said, we got to play D and they are. So, you know, it's a lot of little stories like that have kind of caught my eye, I guess, to begin things. And I saw LeBron play, you know, Sunday night. <laughs> you know, just when you think, okay, he's going to plateau, age is going to catch up, this bubble life is going to like play with his head. He comes out and puts on like this one man performance that I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> how, how can he not be the MVP for God's sakes? He, you know, <laughs> he does that. And then Giannis has just not really found his traction in this stuff. And Milwaukee has not really kind of grabbed me like I thought they should or would. Mm-hmm. And I watched LeBron last night. And he just puts on this, this performance, like for the eight. Wow. Just like, whoop. It's fun, man. It, every team's got a story, and that's what's great to cover. Yeah, that, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, and, and the Bucks, in particular, you know, you watch these teams and you watch the way they function. As strange as it sounds, the teams that have been really reliant on their superstar players for certain things, to see them try and figure it out now in this environment, see them have to kind of – reconfigure how they do business and change. Like you mentioned, Houston's defense, which is something that we don't talk about throughout the course of a season because we talk about them always. How many threes did they make that night? And Did Harden get his 40 or, you know, and then to see them defending and Covington and all these other pieces and Daniel house. I've been struck by how many really good players are in this league. And I don't know that we appreciate that throughout the course of a regular season. Man, I'm glad you said that. I, I agree. When we do the NCAA tournament, and I've watched, uh, you know, two weeks and 12 whatever it is games over two weeks of college basketball. And, you know, you're, you're captivated by the, by the one and done, you know, the sudden death and, and the kids' stories and little school against big and blue bloods and all that's right. And then, like, I'll finish up on it, like, doing a regional final, like, on a Saturday. And then I'll have an NBA game for TNT like on Tuesday or Thursday. And those first like 30 seconds, I go, whoa, like what, what? <laughs> like It's like from color picture from a black and white picture. It's like a dark room to the curtains being flung open and light streaming in. It's like, oh, and kind of like, not that the regular season was bad that we just got out of four months ago. And then the eight game seating stuff they went through. Boy, there is a switch, and this is when the NBA, and it's a shame not to be on the floor and see it, like, just so close up where you can touch the guys when they dribble by you. Yeah. But even up where we are, you know, in this uh, in this antiseptic, bubbling, plexiglass <laughs> phone booth, you know, I can't get out of here thing. <laughs> um, it is stunning how good these get, the speed and the grace and and the sets and the schemes and the the, the, you know, play for the other guy type of mentality. Mm. And then the stars being the stars. It's breathtaking how good these guys are. And then you throw on top of that all this bubble stuff and lack of being with loved ones, which we need, all of us need to, in some form or fashion. I'm amazed. I'm just amazed. I see good, better coaching 
and certainly the best are showing why they are at this level. Yeah. What has been the challenge and what do you think will continue to be the challenge for for announcers during this pandemic here? I mean, I, I would imagine the NFL is going to be called pretty much the same as it always is. You, you, you know, press box, um, you know, with that bird's eye view. But how does the call change for announcers in this environment now that you have to account for all these things that previously weren't a part of that equation? You know, Sekou, when we came down here, I didn't really know the physical uh, thing we would be in. And what I was concerned about, because um, I tend to get pretty emotional during these games, I was concerned <laughs> that like on these plays, the players would hear me on the floor. They go, what is he saying? <laughs> Shut up! You know, like they go, go enough, enough, you know? Because <laughs> when I see these guys hit these long shots or come up with some kind of uh, creative pass or whatever, the beauty of this game is the passion that they play with, but also the passion of the fans and and hopefully the broadcasters who sense that when they see a pass, whether it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter, whether it means nothing in the early part of the game or whether it's a decisive play, I mean, there is beauty in all of it. Like there's artistry in everything they're doing. Now we got the NFL starting this week and we are going to be in the stadiums and we are going to be in the booths and we are going to have partitions between us and our and our analyst, um, but we've got, you know, a big open stadium and there may be 20,000 people in there and they're going to pump in noise. And I think it will seem more like normal for football, but for basketball, it is different, not on the floor, in the phone booth that we're in. The other thing that's weird too is like if there's a big play by LeBron or Giannis or whoever, and and if you're at a game, you know, and there are fans, you just feel their body language and out of the corner of your eye, you see them going nuts and jumping and screaming. And here a big play happens, and all of a sudden, you don't see anything. You see nothing. You look this way, and there's a big platform with empty seats. You see, you look over here, you see nothing. So that is kind of like mentally the picture and what's happening on the floor is not equating to what should be happening in the stands. And that that is a little bit strange and weird. But overall, we're good. No one should feel sorry for anybody reporting on this except for the fact that like the players were away from our loved ones. And unlike the players who now can start having, you know, a trickling of family and friends, um, good friends, join them. <laughs> we, as, we as reporters, as, as you are finding out yourself, Seiko, we, we can't have anybody. We are truly a one-man band or one woman. You know, and, and I've been on assignments before where you're far away from home or whatever for a long stretch of time. You know, you, I covered an Olympics and that was as long an assignment as I had 2012 London Olympics. And I joke with my wife when I came home, I was like, I probably have a British accent now. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for tea every afternoon at four o'clock. I mean, I can't imagine what, once you get out of this bubble environment, what it's going to be like for everybody who's been in here for so long, the players, coaches, everybody. It's, it's going to be a shock to the system to get back to the outside world. It is. And, and I was down here for the first three plus weeks and then left for, for about 10, 12 days, saw my family and then came back down. And now I'm in my second week. And I remember getting to the airport when I was leaving the first time. And it does, it feels like you're getting out of, it's like school is, is out for the summer, right? <laughs> right? It feels like, you know, the Olympic thing, like you were talking about, one of the nice things was you could at least have, you know, moments where you're with your fellow reporters and right. you can go out and go to a pub and have a nice big dinner with people and stroll the streets. You know, we can't do any of that. We're, we're in the right. confines of our 
of our complex and can't leave the grounds. So except for the bus that takes us to the arena and takes us right then back to the hotel. So no question. I, I do feel feel really good about being here to watch it. Um, there's been such a conversation about does this season's champion have an asterisk next to it? Will, will we look back and say the championship in 2020 has a mark on it because of the, the layoff, the restart, the bubble environment? I don't know how you feel about it. I'm of the idea that there will be a mark on it, but not for bad reasons, not a negative mark. What do you think in terms of whoever wins this thing, they'll be looked on, you know, as a champion that overcame crazy adversity or benefited from the bubble environment? Well, that's a good question, Seiko. I, I guess I feel like coming into it back in late July, like Asterisk City, I thought, yeah, they're going to put something by this season. It's going to look funny, kind of like what they're talking about when San Antonio won in that shortened season two decades ago, I guess. But anyway, when we had that shortened season and they won and there was an asterisk by it because we didn't play as many games in the league and all that, I think they give it – it won't be full 82 games. I get that. I don't think we need 82 games anyway. <laughs> I'll do anything to get rid of load management. Those are the two most dreaded words <laughs> in the world is load management or our load management. But I, I would think this – I think what I've seen – this is every bit a playoff atmosphere and the ruggedness and the intensity of a playoff series as the league has ever known. The only thing absent is the travel, and that has even been minimized so much with charters. So I think you'll always remember 19-20 as a season that was interrupted, restarted, but the level of basketball has been every bit as good as I think we could have prayed for as NBA fans. So, and this, I think it's actually been harder because of what they've had to do. They can't go out and live their lives and get away from the game. You're by the game 24 seven. You cannot escape. You cannot go uh, to a club or dinner or a family. You can't do anything. You're there with the same guys. I think, in fact, it's even more excruciating. It should be even more applauded that these guys have done what they've done. So I will go to my deathbed saying there is no way you can minimize that season in any form or fashion. This has been every bit the spirit of what these playoffs should be. And, and they have been, in fact, maybe even exceeded what we've seen in past playoff seasons. Interesting. Kevin Harlan of TNT joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. So I appreciate you taking some time. Love listening to your calls, but it'll be even more interesting to uh, to be in the building and kind of feel that environment and then watch it back the next day and see if it has that same, you know, vibe that you think it does. Very interesting stuff. Uh, appreciate you, Kevin, and, and all your hard work down here in the bubble. Thank you, Seiko. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And for you to ask me on your podcast here is a real treat. And admired you from afar, and now I have a chance to... Uh, to visit with you uh, in person via Zoom here as we're doing, seeing each other. Um, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I, I sure appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Take care.